and welcome to another episode of The Bandit Room. My name is Charles. I'm joined here in the studio today by Mr. Caleb. Hello. Thanks for joining us again. And across to the table from me, we have Chef Chris Coleman. Thank you for joining us, Chef. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you very much. So you are the... What is your role? Are you head chef? Are you executive chef? Do you have a title there? Yeah, I, I kind of like to just call myself the chef partner. Just the chef partner. Yeah. Chef partner yeah. at Old Town Kitchen here in Rock Hill. Right. Also Goodyear House in Charlotte. Right, correct. And uh, you may have also seen him recently on the Food Network. He's made a few appearances on Guy's Grocery Games. You've been on Chopped, Beat Bobby Flay, uh, yeah. Alex vs. America. Is yep, Alex vs. Right? America. Gotcha. And Perhaps something coming up, maybe in the future, lined up. Yeah, we actually, I just announced uh, the other day, I've got, um, uh, I filmed an episode of Super Chef Grudge Match, uh, which airs on Tuesdays at 9, and my episode will air for the first time on March 28th. Wow. So, oh, coming pretty up. Pretty cool. All right, exciting. Yeah. Now, one doesn't get to that level in just a few years. How long have you been in the industry? So I've been in the industry industry since um, I was 14. I'm yeah. 39 now, so... Yeah. Over half my life, um, yeah. well over half my life, and um, started in the front of house as uh, a busboy at a fish camp. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you know some of your listeners might know what a fish camp is, right? Sure. It's fried fish and sure. baked potatoes and salad bars and such. Was that um, here in the Carolinas? Was it was that? in Huntersville, North Carolina. Huntersville. So I live in okay. Charlotte, um, yeah. but I was in Huntersville, North Carolina, just north of Charlotte, and um, really fell in love with the restaurant industry and. Um, what really catapulted me into being a chef was uh, on the weekends. So I, I started as a busboy, moved back into their takeout room because mm -hmm. that was kind of a thing. Okay. Um, and then on the weekends, they would have me expedite. Um, <clears throat> the expediter is really kind of the the role that connects the kitchen yeah. to the servers because you're the one who's putting the food together. Like, you know, the kitchen puts plates up in the windows and you're the one's the expediter puts it out um, for the service to pick up. Gotcha. So from that vantage point, you see how the kitchen operates, you see how the back of house service operates, yeah. um, and I loved it and and kind of knew at that point that um, this is what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So gotcha. started at fourteen. I'm assuming that was your first real job. Then, yeah, that was my first yeah. job. Yeah, a lot, of, um, a lot of first jobs start in kitchens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or restaurants in general, restaurants. right? Yeah, I, sure. I think I was expediting when I was 16, 17. Gotcha. I, I worked at that restaurant um, until I was uh, until I was 17. And then I graduated high school, um, took a year to go to UNC Charlotte, just trying to figure out, you know, how to pursue what mm -hmm. I wanted to do. And I was going to be a graphic designer and, you know, kind of, you know, I think that I was trying to, kind of pushed that like you should be in restaurants you know mm -hmm. voice in my head like to mm -hmm. the side a little bit because restaurants are extremely stressful and kind right. of hard to make a living in yeah um so i was like well i'll be a graphic designer because right. this is 2001 when everyone wanted to be a graphic designer yeah um but I, I, after a year of art school i was like I, this is dumb like yeah, i should yeah. go to culinary school <laughs> like okay. that's what i would okay. love and that's what i want to do every day well the voice in your head wasn't wrong i mean right. it is stressful it and is it stressful. is hard to make a living it is in hard. there yeah. so what are some some tips that you would give to to somebody trying to make it in that field um you know what do you attribute your success to I, honestly you know i attribute a lot of my success to just being open uh and being willing to change mm -hmm. um and kind of accept things on the fly and and you know pivot kind of came into all of our 
vocabularies mm-hmm. in, in 2020. But mm-hmm. you know, if you're in the restaurant industry, you're pivoting right all the time. Right. So that's that's always been yeah. You know, like how do we make this work? It's kind of a it's kind of like an art job and an engineering job rolled into one because right. you're you're creating stuff. But then you're also kind of engineering, like, how do we do this same thing over okay. and over and over again? And, uh, you yeah. know, and, you know, what if the tomatoes that came in today aren't as sweet or as acidic as the tomatoes we got in last week? And yeah. what if the beef is, you know, a little bit smaller than what we normally get? And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you're you're constantly having to adapt and change and sure, grow. It's like crisis after crisis and you got to manage right. that as right. you go. You can't Which just be hit with it and be like, oh, I need I need, I need, need some time to deal with this. Like yeah. You got to immediately just kind of figure out yeah. muscle memory as yeah. to what how you're going to fix that. So I, I think, um, you know, to get back to your question, it's um, I, I kind of embrace that. Yeah. Like I really enjoy that part of the job is figuring things out on the mm-hmm. fly. Um, I am a planner. Like mm-hmm. if you talk to other chef friends, they'll tell you that I'm like probably one of the, the most kind of calm, like planning ahead <laughs> yeah. type chefs that yeah. they know. Um, I want everything to, to go the way that I want it to go. Um, but it doesn't. And I'm okay with that, yeah. you know? Uh, so I'm, I'm okay to kind of constantly be, be, be pivoting. Yeah. Well, you um, kind of have to be, I guess, yeah, to, you do. To, to really make it work without just pulling your hair out every day. You do. Yeah. And, and at this point in my career, um, with, being a partner in both restaurants and I obviously can't be at the stove at both restaurants. So we have chefs who run, you know, I have a chef of cuisine at Goodyear house, a chef of cuisine down here in Rock Hill at old town. Um, and those are the guys who are really running the kitchens day to day. Whereas I'm just kind of bouncing around wherever is needed. Um, and, and kind of planning what comes next because we are planning concepts number, honestly, three, four and five, right? This second, uh, they're all in various stages of development. So that's, that's what I'm focusing on right now um so another you know this is kind of a very long-winded answer to your original question but um you also realize to be where i'm at now you have to take care of your people and invest in your people Mm. uh and that's the biggest thing um people are the most expensive part of running a restaurant Mm -hmm. uh but they are also the most valuable part of running a restaurant Mm -hmm. um is creating relationships um, taking care of your of your staff, your employees, uh, the people that you work with, your your restaurant family, mm-hmm. um, and when you when you invest in your people, they will invest in your ideas and your vision. I mean, it's like that in in any industry, but mm-hmm. um, especially in something that's kind of grueling and and grinding and hard work. A lot of people, like we were talking about, like a lot of people's first jobs mm-hmm. come in a restaurant, something like that. Uh, my first job was in a restaurant. What kind of skills do you think it develops? Uh, there's not a whole lot of other career fields like it where you're running almost kind of like the military. There's a defined order of command in a kitchen. You're, you're always, you're all focused on the same thing. You're every, a crisis affects everybody, that sort of thing. Uh, talk a little bit about that. What kind of skills and uh, so, um, things like that does it help? Yeah. The restaurant industry will either chew you up and spit you out or it will like hone you into like you know a, a weapon of destruction uh, for good so that's a good um, quote that's a good yeah quote. it's and it's you know i've worked with a lot of people over the years that there's no in between mm-hmm. you're either in it or or you're not in it and yeah. there are certainly restaurant lifers who aren't necessarily passionate mm-hmm. about hospitality 
but they're really good at it. Um, and so they kind of fall on the, the side where they're, they're, they're just restaurant lifers. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to start out in a restaurant, I think that the biggest thing it does and, and, um, we've talked about this a lot lately with some of our younger staff is it really opens you up and broadens your world perspective like faster than any other job because you're working with people of every age, every race, every religion, sexual orientation, everything. Mm. It's a it's a microcosm of the world in one building yeah you know and if you go to work at um you've got to get along yeah you've got to get along you have to um and you know it it really does kind of impact a lot of our younger people you know we have people who start as as runners or bussers and they might still be in high school Mm -hmm. um and it helps them as they're preparing to go away for college um to, to kind of already be in that mindset. They've already been exposed to a lot of things, right? Right. Um, we've had several people at, especially specifically at Goodyear House who have written, you know, their college entrance letters and, and talked about their work mm-hmm. preparing them for college. Yeah. Um, and problem so I, I feel like that's yeah. a big thing is, yeah, it's, it's problem solving. It's, it's worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, tenacity it's um you know it it can be loyalty Mm -hmm. which is a good thing i think um if it's a good restaurant right obviously if it's a bad restaurant (laughs) then you know uh, you know that kind of goes out the window but um you know i I don't know there's there is no other industry like it and it certainly is a takes a different breed of people to appreciate it and want to work in it you know we're all crazy um (laughs) but I, i do think it it really kind of instills a lot. I, I, I firmly believe, and you'll hear a lot of industry people say this, mm-hmm. everyone should work in the industry for at least two or three years mm. because it completely mm. changes how you interact with people like completely. So, yeah. you know, you, you, you get a, you get a customer who comes in who yells at their server mm-hmm. over something dumb, right? You know, they've never worked in the industry. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, these right. are people, right? right. They're not machines. Right. They're going to make mistakes. That's true. These are people just like, in our field, if anybody spends any time in customer service, you're going to be a yeah. lot more, you're going to deal with people on the phone a lot more right. like a human than, right. a, than a, somebody who's standing between you and what you want. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Now talk a little bit about that kitchen work culture. Uh, you've been in the industry for a while. Are you seeing a lot of differences between when you first started to uh, how, how things are today? So I'm, I'm, the anomaly I'm, I'm, um, I got my first executive chef job when I was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really young wow. at yeah. a place called McNinch house restaurant in uptown Charlotte. Yeah. Still there. Um, and it was literally me and two or three other people in the kitchen at a time. And that included dishwashers and everybody. Like we were a really small staff. Um, so I didn't really come up in the old guard of a yeah. chef you know, being the general, Mm -hmm. um, and yelling and throwing pans and that kind of (laughs) stuff. I never really experienced it. Um, you know, talking to, obviously I know a lot of people in the industry and some came up in that. Mm -hmm. Um, and some were like me and were lucky enough not to. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I was running that kitchen at such a young age that I was still kind of figuring out who I was as a chef Mm -hmm. and who I wanted to be. 
and I knew I didn't want to be that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had friends who are working for chefs who were like that yep. at my same age. Mm-hmm. Um, so a big, big part of our company is that we want to change restaurant culture and change kitchen culture to be more inclusive and be more, um, you know, I don't want to say soft mm-hmm. because there is still expectations that have to be met, mm-hmm. but be more, you know, uh, grace full, mm-hmm. full of grace. Um, that's important to us. Um, kitchens as a whole definitely changed a lot in the last 10 years. Um, kitchen uh, culture has changed a lot in the last 10 years. And the last, I mean, since COVID, it's really changed. It's been a complete, you know, from we opened Goodyear House a month and a half before the shutdown, um, <laughs> which I saw a lot of friends' restaurants go out of business during that time. We were yeah. really lucky. Um, but just the change from that month and a half that we were open until when we reopened after COVID and the mentality of people working in restaurants completely changed. Mm-hmm. I think for the better, mm-hmm. personally, I think, you know, there's, you'll hear a lot of chefs say that um, cooks and, and bartenders and people are more entitled now or they, they don't want to work or whatever. And I, and I don't believe that. I mm-hmm. feel like people have just, they realized what, their worth was mm-hmm. and now they mm. want to be paid mm-hmm. and they want to be treated like human beings and they want to be able to take the occasional Saturday off and that's cool you know we all want that so um, I, I think it's changed for the better mm-hmm. COVID just compressed the time of something yeah. that would have taken Spent five or ten years yeah. it's just like overdrive yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah who would you say was would be one of your biggest influences mm. uh, um, as a show my family. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, everyone's every, or most chefs first culinary instructors, mm-hmm. yeah. either their mom or their yeah. grandmother. And yeah. for me it was both. Yeah. Um, and I talk at length a lot about both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my family for sure. Biggest influence. How early were you cooking in the, as a kid, um, <clears throat> I think I was always interested in food mm-hmm. um, and kind of seeing what mom was doing. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing that I was making when I first started cooking on my own, I was probably like ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you do the same with your kids. Uh, I'm I'm teaching them a little bit. I have two. I have an eleven year old and a seven year old. My son knows how to do a few things. Um, Ellie, my daughter isn't really interested in food mm-hmm. right now anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, for her, it's just kind of something that you, you kind of have mom makes me sit there three times a day and eat. Um, nice. but you know, Luke, I am definitely teaching him how to make certain, some things. There's definitely an, an argument that, that the whole pandemic COVID experience really did speed, speed a lot of changes up that were going to happen eventually good or bad. Like, you know, you mentioned people going out of business during that time. I don't want to disparage anybody, but a lot of the time you, you, you can take a look at something and if the business model wasn't working, it really wasn't working during COVID. Right. So, you know, it, it was all sorts of other things to attribute that. I'm the, I'm the media guy here. So yeah. I do all the video, I do this stuff. I tend to nerd out about like movies and TV show and how the production yeah. works. And like, so I'm curious behind the scenes, what yeah. reality TV is like, so is it long days? How much of it's actually scripted? That sort of stuff. Yeah. When I talk so about the experience. Talk about one of your recent experiences, sure. whichever you prefer to talk sure. about. Um, so Chopped was the first show I ever did. And it was kind of like, 
you know, for for me, that was the sh- the show I wanted to do. Yeah, this is a show that I grew up watching and mm-hmm. was like, that's it seems like a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. having to kind of think on the fly, and mm-hmm. um, it was a I've done it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I won, so they invited me back. Second time I didn't do so well mm-hmm. on, but um, that first day that I won, they told me to expect a twelve hour day. Um, it ended up being about 10 hours, mm-hmm. which is a nice break. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of kind of sitting around and waiting. You know, it's a lot of sitting in a room and kind of waiting for them yeah. to say, okay, we're ready for you now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing scripted about the actual cooking Interesting. process okay. at all. Gotcha. Um, with Chopped, you don't know what's in the basket until you open the basket. Mm-hmm. There's no hints. There's no secrets. Mm-hmm. You open the basket. Um they give you like a, about a minute mm-hmm. to go look through the pantry area while they clear the, like they literally are just clearing the basket off your station <laughs> and setting it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's go and yeah. it's like, it starts and stops mm-hmm. when the, yeah. when the time starts and gotcha. stops. So what's the time on that one? Was that like uh, it's hour 20 minutes for the first gotcha. round is 30 for the additional mm-hmm. two rounds. Okay. Um, so it's it's pretty intense, yeah. but it is a lot of. I mean, for filming, actual cooking, adding up to an hour and twenty minutes, you know, you're there for ten hours. Right. It tells yeah. you how much time you're just kind of like twiddling <laughs> your thumbs, right? Um, all the shows, <clears throat> and I don't think I'm giving anything away that I shouldn't, but it, it's interesting because all the shows they have basically one or two cameramen who are assigned to you. Uh, they have a producer who is assigned to you and they are standing there with a notepad mm-hmm. and they're furiously taking notes, everything you do. Um, because after you're done filming, whether you're, you know, you're chopped, you're kicked off, whatever the show is, or you win, then you go into interview and you, yeah. and you do interview for anywhere from 30 minutes. If you're an early exit mm-hmm. or an hour and a half, if you've been there all day and you won. Um, and they tell you exactly what you did and what order you did it in. And you basically repeat and say, so next I grabbed some shallots and I did a fine dice and I, you know, um, because then they're going to add those clips and voiceover. Um, So it's, it's pretty interesting. And sometimes some of the shows, they work backwards. They say, well, let's talk about your, the last thing you did. And then we'll talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. and some shows they start at the beginning and and work forward. So um, really, all the shows, again, nothing really scripted at all. It's oh, cool. it's what you see on TV is what it actually is. Yeah. Alex versus America. You're not, you don't know what you're going to be cooking until you decide as a team what you're cooking on uh, Bobby Flay. Mm-hmm. Bobby Flay is a little different because you you bring in your signature dish. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So in the first round, you're going up against another chef, and Bobby reveals what the secret ingredient is you have to use. Mm-hmm. And then if you make it to the second round, you already know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't know what you're doing. So you announce, well, yeah, for sure. me, I did a chicken and rice stew. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that. And then he's kind of like, oh, okay, cool. So then mm-hmm. he's kind of scrounging in the pantry. Whereas I know exactly like, I mean, they printed out my recipe for me and they're like, here <laughs> you go. Cause they yeah. want their, you're yeah. making television at yeah. the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, they want good content. They want yeah. good content. Right. That's all you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you're just creating, you're creating entertainment. So. Yeah. I don't have any personal experience, but I've heard a lot of people talk about the experience of other reality TV shows and how much is scripted and how much they, you know, sort of fake the moments and right. they're like, yeah, you, 
you know, at least set up the scenario so that they get in conflict or whatever. Yeah. So it's cool to hear that it's like actually real because you never know. I did meet a chef one time who was on, um, she was from France and she was on Top Chef France. Mm. And she talked about how if you got to the end of your cooking time and on a quick fire or something and you weren't done, the producers would kind of, or if your dish was crap, mm-hmm. like just not good, yeah. the producers would say, we're going to give you an extra 10 minutes to, <laughs> like, to, to, to button this up, you know, because again, they're making an entertainment. They don't yeah. want someone yeah. who's like got a half finished plate, yeah. you know, or, or a dish that's just awful. <laughs> yeah. They want it to be good, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. interesting. Which I mean, is cool. All, all the producers are like, it's our job yeah. to make you look good. Right. Yeah. You know? So well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And it's a little different than like, saying this is how this is all going to play out like right. you know mm-hmm. giving right. a little extra time so yeah. so it sounds like chopped was your sort of dream show you wanted to be on are there other ones you enjoy or want to be on or your everything i've done has been amazing i mean every show is a different um it's a different process guys grocery games which was the last one that aired was mm-hmm. the most intense mm-hmm. thing i've ever done really <laughs> it was insane i mean you're you're literally in a grocery store yeah and you've got 30 minutes to push around a shopping cart yeah. and find the ingredients. An actual grocery store? Yeah. Oh wow. Well it's a set. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, but, but it's like, an actual mm-hmm. grocery store inside of a okay, set. Okay, gotcha. Um you're pushing around an actual shopping cart, have to find the ingredients <laughs> and then prep them and cook them and plate them in twenty minutes and it's gotcha. it's a like a full size like Publix or food line or whatever. Intense. So it's pretty, pretty intense. Cool. Yeah. Um cool. you know I we I'll probably audition at some point for Top Chef, mm-hmm. um, and that would kind of be it. Like yeah. that would be, you know, gotcha. that that's the top thing now. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Is this all stuff that you auditioned for, or is it sort of like you got the first one and then it sort of snowballed, or is there like a? I'm just curious. Like, yeah, no, there there's def, there's an audition. So there is an audition process for every show. Some of them are longer and some are real short. Um, but once you do one, if you're good, whether you win or lose, if you're entertaining, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you mm-hmm. make good content, they're going to call you back um, to at least audition for others. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a good friend, a, a good, I say a good friend. I met her while we were filming um, Guys Grocery Games. She was also filming an episode. We weren't on the same episode. Um, and she has since done Chopped. She hasn't... Um, done well on either one of them mm. but um they're they're gonna keep calling her back because yeah, she's yeah. like yeah. really entertaining and fun to watch <laughs> um so chopped was a really intense interview process bobby flay was a pretty intense interview process it's gotten a little less intense each time i've done it you know with with the super chef grudge match one they just called and said do you want to be on this show mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, cool. Nice. <laughs> You're on. Nice. You know, that, that yeah. was about it. So it's it's cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Now they're just calling you direct. That's right. That's fantastic. <laughs> calling you right up. Express Tax Exempt is now tax990.com. We changed our name to make it even easier to recognize us. But everything you know and love about Express Tax Exempt is still here. Tax990.com still provides you with easy form 990 filing, free schedules, great customer support, and much more. Learn more at tax990.com.
you've met Guy Fieri. Yeah. Oh, the man, the myth, the Fieri. legend. Fieri. I'm not going to get that right. That was very, was that, that was spelled out for us. <laughs> <laughs> like it's spelled Fieri, but you pronounce it Fieri. And Fieri. if you say Fieri, especially to his face, he will be upset. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Guy Fieri, but yes. Thank so, you for setting us straight. Yeah. Yes, thank you. What was he, what was he, uh, like in person he's the coolest guy yeah, he's very very cool he's um you know most of the the uh chefs celebrity chefs that i've gotten to work with have been very mm-hmm. just cool kind of down-to-earth people they used to be in kitchens mm-hmm. now they're not um but they still get it mm-hmm. um there's been a couple that haven't been yeah. so gracious yeah. and so fun to work with but yeah. guy was um you know he rolled in like a rock star mm. And you know, you're it's like you're watching you pull up in the convertible, you know. Oh, well, he had a Jeep that was like lifted and you know, flames on the side, but he's got rings on every finger and his hair is you know, he's got yeah. the glasses on the back of his head and, yeah. Yeah. and stuff. And you know, he's walking around with his French bulldog just following him everywhere he goes. Nice. Um, but he was so cool and he was just very, very chill, very down to earth, yeah. Know? Well, did he did he say anything memorable by chance? I'm I'm leading towards something with Oh, okay, um, okay. So anything memorable he said? Any any quotes, quotes or anything were, like that that stuck out to you from your time with him? Maybe about Flavor Town or. Something. <laughs> <laughs> um, he well he they definitely <laughs> referred and he definitely referred to the show as Flavor Town. <laughs> you know, hey guys, welcome to Flavor Town. <laughs> You know, it's your first time here in Flavortown. And yeah, we heard a lot of Flavortown. Fantastic. Well, that's perfect because that's a good transition. To, uh, play, this, play this for you here. Okay. Buckle up for Flavortown, Guy Fieri's greatest hits. Part of the show where we find out how well our guest knows Guy Fieri quotes. That's amazing. So we're going we're gonna to quiz you. We got five, six quotes. Six quotes about Some of them are real. Flavortown. Some of them or are Guy fake. Fieri. Yes. Okay. They're all just they're they're all about Flavor Town. Okay. Um, they're so all potentially your job, quotes by Guy Fieri. Yes. Yeah. Your job is to tell me which ones, uh, <laughs> which ones are, real, which, which ones, ones real, fake. which okay. ones fake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the first one. We're taking you on a road rocking trip down to Flavor Town, where the gravitational force of bacon warps the laws of space and time. <laughs> <laughs> so is this real? Or is this fake? That's fake. I wish fake? he would say something. No. Oh, no. <laughs> it. It's real. It's real. It's, it's in real the books. <laughs> All the right. gravitational least... force of bacon. It's at least. <laughs> I wish it said bacon wraps the laws. Oh. Like a bacon <laughs> wrap. That would be even better. Law. That'd be amazing. No. It quick. sounds delicious, too. It does. Yeah. A bacon wrapped law. <laughs> and admittedly, I'm his face. I like it. You want to read this one? Oh, oh no. No, oh, too no. far. It's I fake. Hit it it's fake. Okay, well, this one's Flavor Town isn't just a destination; it's a state of mind. And I I, that seems it. more realistic. I know, than right? The first one. <laughs> I know. I want to be the ambassador to Chimichanga Flavor Town. <laughs> oh my goodness! Fake. Oh, that one's real. Ugh. <laughs> 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 he did say that. Mofer too. It's <laughs> 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 all good. I want to be the ambassador <laughs> to Chimichanga <laughs> Flavortown. The road to Flavortown is paved with bacon, and we're about to take that road all the way to Flavor Nirvana. <laughs> uh, that is real. 
Oh, oh my funny. goodness. This <laughs> one was made up. <laughs> no way. I mean, maybe he said that in his private life. Yeah, I, mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he said it to you directly. Yeah, maybe he did. No, he didn't. Uh, no. But I could see him saying that on like <laughs> yeah. diners, drive-ins, and dives or something. <laughs> yeah, like, it, is, it is that kind of an, like an intro quote that he would yeah. lead yeah. into a restaurant with. Yeah, for sure. That's awful. You're like a blackjack <laughs> dealer at the Flavortown Casino. I'm going to say real. One more, one more, last one. That deep fryer looks like the community pool in Flavortown. (laughs) That's my favorite one. It's a good line. It's a good line, regardless. Oh, man. Um, Fake or real? Fake or real? (laughs) Definitely one of those. That one's real. It's real. (laughs) The deep fryer looks like a community pool in Flavortown. Good job. Is there Fantastic. a slide? Good I think job. that was one of five. Fantastic. Oh, you good. That's great. No, yeah. Yeah. We'll give you points on that last one. You said yeah. real or fake. <laughs> real or fake. <laughs> you said real or fake. <laughs> so you were partly right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the, the real right. ones were really pulled from him. The fake ones, we used ChatGPT to come up with fake sounding. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was, is ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Speaking, we were speaking a little bit before about uh, movies and TV. Yeah. Uh, portrayals of, of restaurant life, kitchens, things like that. Um, do you have any favorites or uh, do, is it something that it's hard for you to watch as, as somebody who's in the, in the field? Um, so, you know, we, we spoke before we started. Yeah. Um, the recording now about the bear, which was kind of the breakout hit. Right. And uh, I watched about an episode and a half and turned it off because <laughs> it was, it was too intense. It was too like, it was just, too, I mean, it's, it's like more real. intense than watching like the last of us or something. Right. Like, yeah, I was like, oh. you know, so I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. A lot of other friends of mine were really into it and yeah. like, this is awesome. And they finally got it right. Yeah. Kind of portraying kitchen life correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was the most realistic, but that's also why I didn't like it. Yeah. It was the most realistic. Um, you know, there, there's other ones out there. I think uh, Burnt, mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper, yeah. pretty terrible movie um, <laughs> in terms of portraying yeah. um, kitchen okay. action and yeah. kitchen mm-hmm. life. Pretty awful. Um, you know, it's funny. Bradley Cooper also did a show called Kitchen Confidential mm. that I loved. It mm. got canceled after like a season and a half or something, but That's based funny. on the Anthony Bourdain book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a fun show. Like it was just, it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to think about other ones that I like a lot. The menu. I mean, that's not yeah. like, a, <laughs> that's not, that's not like kitchen that. life or anything. It's just nuts. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a great movie. Like yeah, I totally. love that movie. Okay. So. That's, yeah. the, that's the kind of chef that you guys are trying to get away from, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. Here comes the lightning round. Or, or speed round. F- faster round. Anyway, we're going to ask the guest a bunch of quicker questions. Here we go. If you had to pick any character in a book, movie, or TV show who's most similar to you, who would you choose and why? Um, definitely Guy Fieri. Yeah, <laughs> definitely Guy Fieri. He is in a TV no, show. <laughs> um, oh, man, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. I'll come. I'll, let me think about that yeah, for a second. Yeah, think about it and come back. When you were growing up, what was your dream job? Basketball player or lawyer. 
lawyer yeah my mom told me when i was a kid that i was really good at arguing and she, <laughs> thought, I would be, and she thought i would be a great lawyer um and for a while there i was like all right i'm gonna be a lawyer because i'm good at arguing that's funny the last yeah. person we asked that question was a lawyer <laughs> and she said that and was she wanted to be job. a chef no, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 she always wanted to be a lawyer that would be perfect that's you awesome. guys switch bodies who's your role model yeah you guys are Heavy hitting for these yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> rapid fire questions. <laughs> um, I thought it was going to be like, you know, favorite color. Know, okay. Yeah, butter or jelly. <laughs> um, my role model, it sounds like really corny, but probably my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was, is a great man. Um, he could cook mm-hmm. and he was uh, really good awesome. to me and my brother growing up. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, you obviously, you've got so much experience in restaurants and, and you know, very elaborate dishes and things like that. What's your go-to, um, I don't want to say fast food, but just kind of like junk food, simple stuff. Like where, where, like from a rest, from another restaurant. Sure. sure. Restaurant. Yeah. Or, yeah. Waffle house. Is it a, I do love waffle yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> I really love waffle house. The pecan <laughs> waffle, a waffle house is one of God's gifts yeah. to this earth. Yeah. Um, my favorite food and the food that I probably would want to eat every single day is either from um, Yafo Kitchen. Mm-hmm. There's a few in Charlotte or Kava. There's mm. also a few in Charlotte. Yeah. That kind of Mediterranean. Mm. Um, I, it's just fresh and it's yeah. light and it's it's a little bit healthy and mm-hmm. that's it's not junk food, but that's mm-hmm. my go-to. Like I want to eat that every single day. Nice, you know right. that, that kind of food. Junk food. If yeah. we're talking about like yeah, just what about junk, junk food, food, just kind of garbage I, stuff. I pound coffee all day long um and i love uh heath candy bars mm. and if i just need like a if i'm need something that's food food i'm probably doing like chick-fil-a or something like yeah. I, yeah. I love the hard spicy chicken wrong. the spicy chicken sandwich at chick-fil-a yep. oh, is yeah. pretty hard fire to, <laughs> yeah. hard to go wrong there uh if you had a reality tv show about your life what would your theme song be <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> probably something like uh, probably something very fifties like sitcom, <laughs> like the Wonder Years theme or something. <laughs> um, I'm I'm pretty boring when it comes to like you know I live in the suburbs and I've got a dog and I've got a, a wife and two kids and you know pretty ho hum. So hey, all right. it wouldn't be very fascinating television. I live in the dream. <laughs> That's good. Uh, what's the worst advice you've ever got? The worst advice I've ever gotten. Or just the worst advice you could think of. <laughs> That's a very different question. <laughs> oh, man. If you, were giving, if you were trying to give someone bad advice. Yeah. No, what would you say? We'll fine tune these things. Um, the worst advice. I, it's not advice so much, but... Like I, I've, I know a few chefs who still believe that like what the chef says goes mm. at all the time, at all times, like mm. chef is God. And, um, just having conversations with those people like that is like, it makes my skin crawl. Mm. So, mm. um, it's probably again, not advice, but just, yeah, sure. Bad 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 ethos bad juju <laughs> like it's yeah. just uh what's one thing you'd love to be an expert at i would love to 
be an expert at cooking. Nice. I'll say that <laughs> just because I mean, there's so much. I think like, you're getting there. You can't <laughs> learn everything yeah. in one yeah. lifetime. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things like I dabble with like fermentation, but mm-hmm. I'm not an expert mm-hmm. at it. I dabble, mm. um, you know, in butchery. I'm not mm-hmm. an expert at it. I would love to learn and develop my skill mm-hmm. at making like charcuterie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not an expert at it. Nice. So just yeah. things within my own field. Always learning your yeah. field. That's yeah. funny. That's that's, cool. that's similar to what our last guest said. Yeah. Like um, if you could meet anyone past or present, who would it be? Um, the, uh, chefs past or present you could meet. Uh, I don't think it'd be a chef. Like I, yeah. um, I would love to meet Eddie Vedder. <laughs> nice. Because like I grew up as a huge Pearl nice. Jam fan and uh-huh. uh, music's a huge part of my life. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So just to kind of sit and talk with him for an hour would be, nice. would be like a thrill. That'd be the dream. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Um, any final thoughts? Any final uh, things to talk about? Peanut butter or jelly? <laughs> uh, peanut butter, crunchy. <laughs> um, Good deal. <laughs> no, I uh, you know appreciate you guys having me on. I, I've got a couple things um, kind of coming up. Just mm-hmm. if I can give a quick little shout out, yeah. I've got. Mm-hmm. Just um, announced doing a pop-up dinner at Free Range Brewing in Charlotte. Yeah. The night of March 20th with a buddy of mine, Blair Machado, out of Charleston. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really cool dinner. I've got um, that show that airs March 28th, Super Chef Grudge Match. We are doing a watch party for that at Goodyear House in Charlotte. Nice. Cool. Um, and I am still raising money. I, I was selected to be a pink tie guy for Susan G. Coleman this year okay. um, and raise money for breast cancer. So I am raising um, $10,000 by the end of March. Um, if anyone was, if anyone's interested in donating even like $5, it would, it would be huge. Um, you can go to my Instagram. Uh, it's at chef C Coleman and, um, and find out more there, but, yeah. uh, and we'll put, huge, I'll put huge. links in the yeah. description yeah. for yeah, you too. Appreciate it. Awesome. And did you have a uh, trip to Croatia coming up? Is that right? There is a, yeah, there we're doing it's like a food together tour kind of a deal? food tour. Okay culinary travel thing to Croatia um, in July, which I'm really excited about as well. That's going to be like eight days of eating and drinking and (laughs) visiting wineries and and going fishing, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Nice. Very exciting. Well, thanks very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. The Bandit Room is a production of Span Enterprises, located in sunny Rock Hill, South Carolina. We've been developing, supporting, and growing successful IRS e-filing and business management solutions since 2010. Go to SpanEnterprises.com now to learn more. The views and opinions expressed in the Bandit Room are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect or state the opinions of Span Enterprises. No information should be considered as tax, legal, or other professional advice.